0: the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the southern suburbs of Nashville, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm grateful today for the privilege that we have to welcome you, our family of friends who join us as often as you possibly can, and if you're a newcomer, we certainly welcome you today. And uh, if we're new to you and you're not familiar with us, I hope you'll check us out at our website at swordofthelord.com. It'll tell you all about us, and we look forward to the opportunities we have every day, five days a week right here on this station. So be sure that you join us as often as you possibly can. Now, we've been looking for several days, in fact, several weeks, working our way through the New Testament book of Philippians And today, we're getting near the end of chapter 3. The way we've done this, we're talking about the highlights, looking at the major points that are made in this New Testament epistle, and then building that major point out of the context in which it's set. And today, we're looking at chapter 3 of Philippians, verses 17, 18, and 19. Let's read it together. Brethren, be followers together of me. And mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. Let me just say today the theme of what I want to talk to you about is simply this watch where you're walking. Watch where you're walking. These verses begin by him using the term brethren. I've noted this before, but I just mentioned here. The brethren term appears in Philippians seven or eight times, and it does so to make the point to the Philippian church that they are Christians. They are fellow servants. They are, in fact, in fellowship with the Apostle Paul. And so we have two settings here in these verses that I've just read. One of the settings is good. That's in verse 17. The other setting is not good. In fact, it's very bad. That's in verses 18 and 19. But both of these settings have to do with a person's walk. That is what they are doing, where they do it, when they do it, and with whom that they are doing such things. Now, I see people out in the streets. In fact, this morning when I left the house to come here to the office. I left the house about 5.30 a.m., and it was still just beginning to get a little bit light, but immediately there were people walking on my street, four or five of them together, and then as I drove out of the neighborhood, I saw several other people out walking. Some of them were walking alone. I always wonder why that anyone would be out alone in the dark Uh, walking by themselves in such a way that uh, makes them even more vulnerable to people maybe who have uh, things in mind that they shouldn't have in mind. Yes, walking alone is not necessarily a good thing, even in the daylight. Walking in the dark And walking alone is certainly not a good idea. And sometimes I see people walking in what I would consider to be vulnerable areas because it may be a high crime area or some area where that incidents are taking place. And then you pick up the newspaper and you see the tragic stories that come out of that. Now, it's best for us to take heed about where we walk and that's true in the Christian life as well. And whenever we see what's given here in this passage, remember, he's writing to some folks who are being very faithful. This is a good church to whom he is writing. And he says to them in verse number 17, several things. This is the good news scenario now. He says to them, brethren, he's just reminding them they need some coaching, and he's doing it On a good level here, he's not talking down to them, but he is talking straight on to them. And he is saying to them, be followers together of me. To start with, he was way ahead of them. They have a church there. Many of them are saved because of him. So he is a mentor to them. He has, in fact, not only led many of them to Christ, but he has himself coached them along the way. And you and I ought to be grateful We really ought to be appreciative of the fact that we do have people who are ahead of us. It may be generationally ahead of us. It may be that they are just somebody same age as us, but nonetheless, they may be further down the trail in terms of their spiritual growth and development than we are. And consequently, because they have some age on us, either spiritually or physically, they become a good coach because they're able to teach us things that we need to hear, and they can be, in effect, a mentor for us. So when he says here, just follow me, be alert to what I'm saying to you, and follow along with me, and then he says, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. So the fact is, there are other people in this fellowship that are going in the right direction they're taking coaching, they're taking instruction, they're looking to him as a mentor, And therefore, he says, you can benefit from their fellowship. You can benefit from hanging around with them, spending time with them, listening to them, watching how they have developed, see their maturity level. And this whole scenario, it's just a good one because, you know, if I have to invent everything, I'm probably going to misdo some things. I'm probably going to make some missteps. But if somebody else has already figured things out, they have already walked the walk that I need to walk, then uh, I'm in a stronger position by just following along with them. Now, I know a lot of people get real concerned when they say, well, you know, I'm concerned about following a man. Well, you never have to fear following a man who is following the Lord closely. If a person is locked into the Bible they're listening closely to the Word of God, and it's obvious that they're doing that, then you have no fear in following that man. But if a man is uh, bending the truth, if he's stretching the truth, if he's uh, doing things just a bit on the edge, more so than uh, a good Christian ought to, then I I think you do have reason to be concerned. But whenever we have mentors who have good track records, they are people who have served the Lord faithfully, then we've got something on which we can build. Now, I'm just simply saying, yes, we should watch where we're walking, and uh, that means where we're walking, when we're walking, and with whom that we're walking. Now, the second part of this that I read is what I'm going to call a bad news scenario, because unfortunately there are people who walk among us who are not walking as a Christian ought to walk. And uh, that's what he brings up here. He lays that out very clearly. Now, it's right here, right about this point, that I'm going to lose somebody somebody is going to say, I don't want to hear that. I don't want any bad news. I don't want you to talk about anybody. Well, look, we have to pay attention here. Not everybody is doing well. Not everybody is doing right. And when somebody does wrong, we have to be careful. I mean, we have our own influence to think about. We have younger ones around us that uh, maybe will track along wherever that we go. And if we think we can handle it, but they may be so weak, they may get Really misled simply because they're hanging around with somebody like the ones that are described here in verses 19 and 20. And he tells us there are many who walk the wrong walk. It's right there in the Bible. Look at it carefully. He says, Many of them that are walking, and he said, I have told you often. So that means this is not the first time he's brought this up. This means he is hammering on this. This means he is telling them and telling them and telling them because he has fear that some of these bad characters are going to come in, influence the church, influence its direction, influence some of the precious people that are there, and head them off down the wrong way. So he said, I have told you often about that, and he said, even now I tell you weeping. So what's the deal here with his weeping? That just simply means that he is gravely concerned about it. It means he has a compassionate spirit about it, and he is is really on target in giving out this warning to them so that they don't get ensnared by these that he openly calls enemies of the cross of Christ. You know, you and I like to think that everybody who raises the name of Christ would be a servant of Christ, would be a friend of Christ. But the term here that is employed is a very strong term. He says there are some... They're among us, but they're enemies of the cross of Christ. Well, you say, who in the world are these people? Well, they're some of the folks. They're going to do things doctrinally that are wrong. They're going to advocate doctrinally in a way that's not correct. They're going to sidestep the Scripture, twist it, turn it any way that they can to please themselves. They're probably going to fail morally They probably have moral issues, maybe, that uh, they don't want you to know about right at the moment. Uh, Whatever the case, this verse says that they're going to end up tragically. Their end is destruction. They are not going to end well. And uh, it goes on to say, whose God is their belly? You say, what in the world does that mean? Well, it just simply means they're serving themselves. It means that everything they do is for their advantage they do not have your best interest in mind. They are not serving the Lord out of a heart of love and devotion to him, but instead they are serving themselves. What is in it for them? They're looking out for old number one. And in so doing, he says, their glory is their shame. What are they noted for? They're noted for their crookedness. They're noted for their moral failures. They're noted for the shame that has come into their life. And he says the whole deal here is they are just so earthly minded. That's the deal. They are minding earthly things. They do not have heaven in view. They are not listening to the scripture. They're not letting the Lord guide and direct them. And so the result here, what do we got? We've got a very, very bad news scenario. So he lays out two things in these verses. One is good news, the other is not so good. The good news is you and I, even in this world where we live, and it is in a mess, there is no question. I'm telling you, I have rarely even imagined that our world would get in the fix that it's in today, and our nation too. I have rarely been able to even imagine such things, but it is in a mess, and what this passage is telling us is we need to be alert so that we don't become a mess. We need to be alert and take note of the fact that there are people who will lead us the wrong way. They'll take us where we don't need to go, and you and I must discern and we must decide On What course of action we're going to take it is important that we walk where we ought to walk that we walk in the line where that our mentors have walked it's important that we watch where we're walking and if you and I do not discern the right path and if we don't decide to get on the right path and stay on the right path then we too are going to be in a mess but you and I can do. I mean, this passage is telling me, you and I can do as we should do. We just need to pay attention, follow the Lord, follow our mentors, take instruction from the Scripture, and watch carefully where we're walking. There are some folks, they're on a trail that's taking you to destruction. They're serving themselves, they're not serving the Lord, and we should not be fooled by them. I know somebody will say, well, you're judging. Well, you have to make decisions whether things are right or wrong. And however you want to slice that, it's just important that you and I discern right from wrong, discern truth from error, and make decisions that get us on the right track and get us on the right trail following the Lord. Let's be sure that we watch carefully where we're walking. Now, tomorrow we're going to see another one of these mountain peaks in Philippians, and I trust that you'll join me then. In the meantime, I would love to send you a copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper. It is a sample copy. It's free for you, and I'd be glad to send it along to you. Be sure to check us out at our website as well at swordofthelord.com. Indeed, write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at... Sword of the Lord.com. And until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.